Welcome to Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, where I drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. This is episode 71, and I'm drinking Jägermeister. For each episode of Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, you should expect that I'll be well-researched and educational, also entertaining and consistent in my reviews. I chose to feature Jägermeister on this episode because I recently acquired a set of six 2-centiliter Jägermeister-branded Pousse Café glasses, which happens to be a favorite glass style for me. Plus, I also got a bona fide made-in-Germany orange Jägermeister flag that is 4 foot by 8 foot. It's big. So it seemed natural that I should cover this most famous spirit that, as far as I can recall, I have never had. Save for maybe in a mixed drink, but I cannot recall it. This will definitely be a surprise when I open the bottle. It'll be my first proper pour. We'll see if I like it. The bottle of Jägermeister I have for the tasting is a standard 750 milliliter. It is 35% alcohol by volume, making it 70 proof. And it retails here for me at $26 US. The bottle is green. It's rectangular with a short neck and a slightly indented sides with the word Jägermeister molded into the glass. There's a bit of a story as to why the bottle is shaped thusly, but I'll get to that in the history. The front label is nearly unchanged from the original. A few updates have been made over the years, but by and large it's the same. You can see all the labels on the Jägermeister website, and of course there's a link in show notes to that website as well. But the key elements is the Jägermeister logo, this being a stag with a glowing cross between his antlers, surrounded by a festoon of leaves at the base. Below the stag is the Jägermeister wordmark, the stylized printing of the name, complete with the old-style long S that looks like an F to an English speaker right before the T. It's not an F, it's a long S. The black text is on a bright orange ribbon, and the orange being Jägermeister's brand color. The center of the label is the text, Selected 56 Botanicals, then Cold Macerated Essence Refined in Oak. Crafted by Mast Jägermeister SE, Germany, since 1878. The last notable thing about the label is the German language hunting poem excerpt in a green band around the main white label. I'll spare you my poor German pronunciation. I honestly didn't want to try it. But the translation in English according to the brand is, It is the hunter's honor that he protects and preserves his game. Hunts sportsmanlike, honors the creator in his creatures. Courtesy of Wikipedia, here's a loose translation which preserves the rhyme and meter of the poem in English. This is the hunter's badge of glory, that he protect and tend his quarry. Hunt with honor, as is due, and through the beast to God is true. So, a nice sentiment. There's quite a bit packed into the label. There's a small detail of large barrels faintly visible on the front label as well. The back label has a brief brand story along with the suggestion that says best served iced cold and to drink responsibly. Plus then there's the required legal warnings. Okay, well, let's give it a taste. Got the bottle. And again, I've never had this that I can recall. So let's give it a little, open the screw top. There we go, comes right up. Contrary to what the label says and is popular, I am not going to taste this ice cold. I'm going to taste Jägermeister as I do all spirits on liquor and liqueur, kind of sure. 
and that will be neat. Uh, it is straight out of the bottle at room temperature. I'm using a clean Glencairn glass for that, which is a whiskey nosing glass. Let's you see the spirit, smell the spirit, taste the spirit, and not spill it. So let's go for a pour. A little bit of a ring there of the crystal. Now I'll say when I was buying this at my local liquor store, the clerk saw me grab the bottle and he said, hey, Matt, I suggest something a little better than Jägermeister or different, but I believe he said better than Jägermeister. And he said, and it's a few bucks cheaper too. And I said, well, sure, what is that? So like, have you heard of Zwack? And I was like, yes, I've, I've had Zwack and uh, you can go back and listen to my episode on Zwack Unicum. But that comparison that the uh, clerk said really is apt now that I have this port in my glass because in the glass it is dark brown looks a bit syrupy actually it's got has some legs from the alcohol but it's more coating the glass yeah, a little bit and then on the nose just from pouring I got some familiar aromas similar to Zwack or other herbal liqueurs so let's try it on the nose Licorice and anise is what I get. There's, uh, what is it? It's herbaceous. Herbaceous would be a way to describe it. Really licorice and anise is what I get. There's some uh, underlying bit of spice. Yeah, I'm getting that good and plenty <laughs> note that I disliked with Uzo, so I'm hoping that that is not really strong here in Jaeger. Let's go for a taste. Wow, that's sweet. There's a lot of sugar in this. It just is, comes off as really sweet. I expected bitter. It's a little spicy too. I get some spice notes. Predominant flavor profile for me though is licorice, like black licorice or anise. Let's try another. I do get a citrus note also. There's some orange feeling to it, a little caramelized flavor to the sweetness. I'm actually quite surprised at how very sweet Jägermeister tastes. Let's go for one more taste. Spice. The alcohol, you can feel a bit of the alcohol, but it's not so high proof that the ethanol really is impacting my palate that much. There's some heat from the ethanol, but I think it's really some spices in here. There's 56 botanicals in it, so it could be any number of things. Predominant anise, licorice flavor, quite a bit of sweetness. I do pick up some citruses and some caramel essence to it, but I bet you if you chilled this, you're going to lose almost all the flavor. So now on to the history. First off, if you're in the United States, or frankly, most of the rest of the English-speaking world, and you're familiar enough with Jägermeister that this episode is not the first you've ever heard of the liqueur, you have one man to thank. A man named Sidney Frank, who found tremendous success in the spirits business and truly changed the industry. 
The popularization of Jägermeister was one of his greatest achievements, but he doesn't come into the story until the brand is nearly 100 years old. So let's start back at the beginning with the basics. The word Jägermeister is German for Huntmaster. It's a term used to describe a man in charge of gamekeeping or hunting matters who possesses a level of experience and expertise qualifying him to lead. The name was chosen for the spirit because the inventor was an avid hunter, and in the same year it was introduced, Germany passed a law that redefined and codified the term Jägermeister, which had been in use for centuries, to be applied specifically to job titles for those who were senior foresters, game wardens, and gamekeepers in the German civil service. So there was some recognition of the name at launch. But when did Jägermeister launch? Not in 1878, as the label would have you to believe. Here's another case of a brand perhaps stretching a bit when I don't think it is needed. 1878 seems to be the year that Wilhelm Mast founded a family vinegar business in the German town of Wolfenbüttel. I should apologize up front on every episode. I'm going to mispronounce non-English words. German, I'm giving it my best go. In 1897, Wilhelm's son Kurt Mast was born, and Kurt is the creator of Jägermeister. Kurt was said to have been creative and very passionate about spirits production. I guess vinegar wasn't as fulfilling to him, but it is noted that he had helped his father in the vinegar business from a young age. It's said that Kurt spent a few years perfecting his recipe for the herbal liqueur that was destined to be named Jägermeister. And in 1934, when he took over for his father, he'd perfected it. Made from a rather complex and secret blend of 56 herbs, blossoms, roots, and fruits, along with alcohol, Jägermeister has been unchanged in recipe since introduction. So that bit about Sidney Frank coming in about 100 years after the brand was created to really popularize it wasn't 100 years. It's not currently 2034, but Sidney Frank did come in about 100 years after the date on the label of 1878. Sidney Frank will appear in the early 1970s. More in just a minute. We already know the origin of the name, but what of the stag and the cross logo? Well, that was selected to appeal to hunters as well, and is a reference to the patron saint of hunters, Bishop Hubertus of Liege, who died in the year 737. Yes, nearly 13 centuries ago. The legend goes something like this. Herbertus didn't start life off as a pious bishop. No, it's said he had a great passion for hunting, but was unscrupulous and greedy for prey. Someone we may call a poacher today. In an area around Toulouse, France, where he was born, he was hunting, and at one point an enormous white stag came out of the forest underbrush, approached him with a glowing cross enthroned between his antlers. Hubertus took this as a sign from God and vowed to change his ways. He stopped hunting and joined the church, becoming a missionary, then later in life through dedication and service became Bishop of Liege in Belgium and became the city's patron as well. So Kurt Mast, the avid hunter and inventor of Jägermeister, co-opted this legend and imagery for his new herbal liqueur and put it on the bottle. It is now protected by copyright. Another trademarked item of Jägermeister's is the distinctive green bottle. As I mentioned earlier, the shape has a story to it. Kurt wanted a durable container for his liqueur, so doing some basic packaging research and testing, he took several bottle options and dropped them from a height onto his wooden floor in his home's kitchen. The rectangular one was the most robust. 
It was selected and originally clear glass. To further strengthen the connection to hunting, the bottle was produced in Hunter's Green. An unintended consequence of this coloration was the green glass helps to block UV rays, thus protecting the quality of the herbal liqueur. So at every point, Kurt Mass seemed to have a very intentional idea of brand for Jägermeister, going to great lengths to design something that would appeal to fellow hunters. I always say it's nice when you're creating something for a target audience of which you're a member. You know what you like, and if you like it, others like you should like it as well. Thus was the early success of Jägermeister, an herbal liqueur by a hunter for hunters. Fast forward to 1972. An importer by the name of Sidney Frank began importing Jägermeister into the USA. He wasn't actually the first to do it, but he eventually controlled the entire country and is responsible for Jägermeister being the number one selling herbal liqueur in the world. So how did he do it? Well, let's start at the start. Sidney Frank was born in 1919 on a farm in Connecticut. He seems to have been an entrepreneur at heart. His first business venture was when he was 12 years old. He wanted to go to college, and by age 17, he had saved enough to afford a year at Brown University. But he couldn't afford another year, so he dropped out to seek work. He landed a job testing airplane engines at a Pratt & Whitney factory in East Hartford, Connecticut, and would work seven days a week because the pay was really good at the time. Sidney did find time to date, though, and his girlfriend's father was chairman of the board of Shinley, claimed to be the largest distiller in the world at the time. The young Sidney must have made a good impression when he met his future father-in-law, because he was invited to lunch with him and a chief engineer the following day to talk about alcohol as a motor fuel. The aircraft engine testing job at Pratt & Whitney likely led to this. In 1947, Sidney married Skippy Rosensteel, daughter of Louis Rosensteel, the chairman of the board of the distiller. Son-in-law likely had some perks, and he began working for Shenley. He was first able to prove himself in 1950 when the company acquired a scotch plant in Scotland, of course, that was underperforming, and the company men apparently were getting drunk each night. So Sidney was sent out to sort it out. He observed for a while, but then realized they were only distilling two days a week because it used to be the law and they had been instructed to do things as they always had. But the law had changed and Sydney got them to start distilling every day, ballooning capacity. He was quoted as saying, it cost a dollar a gallon to make and you can sell it for $5 a gallon. That's $10 million and we only paid 13 million for the company. So I was a big hero. There was family drama, however, and Sidney struck out on his own in 1972 after butting heads with his father-in-law, but having learned the spirits business. Without the capital to buy a distillery like the company he had left, Sidney went looking for a spirit he could import. He'd seen Jägermeister in a few bars and noticed people of German descent enjoyed it, though Sidney himself said it was terrible warm. Regardless, thinking this could be a winner, he contacted Jägermeister and secured the importation rights to his section of the country, from Maryland down to Florida. He got the full East Coast the following year and the whole country by 1973. The big break came when the Baton Rouge newspaper in Louisiana said that Jägermeister to the drinker is instant value. Sales skyrocketed from 10 cases a month to 1,000. Everybody seemed to want to try it. Sydney had millions of copies of the story reprinted and promoted it heavily, knowing, of course, that Jägermeister had no drugs in it, other than alcohol. 
Students were drinking Jägermeister, and to capitalize on this, Sidney had an idea that changed the spirits business. He created the Jägerettes, attractive women to promote Jägermeister at bars and nightclubs to the college crowd. Attractive shot girls, as Sidney referred to them. They were dressed in distinctive uniforms and would go around dispensing Jägermeister to promote it. Sex definitely sells. That's the old adage. Sex sells. People like attractive people. They have Jaeger dudes as well. But the Jaegerettes, the attractive women selling to mostly male clientele, really help promote the brand. However, at one point in the early 90s, some Jaegerettes did end up suing Mr. Sidney Frank for sexual harassment. He admitted no wrongdoing, but the company settled out of court for around 3 million U.S. dollars. So, sex will sell, but you got to be careful with it. The Jaegerettes led to chilling the liqueur, likely to mask the true flavor. To further promote the brand, in 1993, Sidney Frank Importing introduced the first chilled shot Jaegermeister tap machine. This small bar top refrigeration machine holds a bottle or more of Jaegermeister upside down and then allows for dispensing of chilled shots. This created a chilled shot phenomenon with other brands following suit, but within a decade, Jägermeister had nearly 100,000 tap machines in bars and restaurants across the U.S. Many found their way into consumers' hands as well, and a lively second-hand trade in the United States flourished for these machines. I know because I've nearly bought one many times. Jägermeister has since expanded and updated the line of tap machines, and this now includes branded shot glass chillers, bottle glorifiers, and more. The genius of this point-of-sale equipment is that it's functional, and if you're a bar making space for a tap machine, you're always going to keep it stocked with Jägermeister. Plus, patrons see the machine, and it invites trial. All this and the Jägerettes and Jäger dudes contributed to driving Jägermeister sales to levels never before seen. And things pretty much went on from there. Sidney Frank kept up with Jägermeister, but also got into premium vodka with a little brand invention of his you may have heard of, Grey Goose. Sidney sold Grey Goose to Bacardi for more than $2 billion, billion with a B, in 2004. So in later years, Jägermeister wasn't the sole focus. Sidney Frank died in 2006, so he didn't have long to enjoy his money, though he sure gave it a try. In 2015, Mast Jägermeister, the company in Germany that makes Jägermeister, acquired Sidney Frank importing for an undisclosed sum, giving them control from production through distribution in their most important market. Sales of Jägermeister in the U.S. have declined since 2013, however, where they were around 2.1 million 9-liter equivalent cases. It was down to 1.49 million in 2019. Global sales are around 7 million cases annually, so they sell a lot. So let's talk about how it's made. Jägermeister is made with 56 herbs, blossoms, roots, and fruits, along with alcohol, water, and sugar. It takes a year to make, due to aging, and of course is a secret recipe. The production does seem fairly straightforward, however, even including some process language on the front label, that being that the 56 botanicals are cold macerated. Maceration, if you recall from earlier episodes, is just another word for steeping something in alcohol or water. Actually, I believe the word maceration comes from a Latin word meaning to steep. It's essentially like cold brewing tea. To begin the process, the master distillers weigh the ingredients. 
and the ingredients are then ground using mills for a consistent size. And the goal of the milling and grinding is to allow optimal release of the essential oils, too fine of a grind, and the flavors may evaporate off, too coarse, and the flavors won't be fully extracted. The ground mixture is then soaked in 70% alcohol by volume with water for a period of several weeks. No heat is applied, it's a cold maceration. The alcohol works as the solvent to leach the flavors out. The maceration is not done in one big batch though. Different ingredients macerate for different lengths in different times in different combinations. Part of the secret sauce that makes Jägermeister. The various macerates are then blended to create what is known as the Jägermeister base material. And this is about 50% alcohol by volume. The base material is filtered before being filled into one of the 445 huge oak barrels used for aging. These barrels can hold up to 10,000 liters that Coopers specially construct for Jägermeister. And they are barrels, not vats. The difference is a barrel is made of staves, bulging in the middle, held with metal hoops, and it's longer than it is wide, closed with flat ends. A vat, on the other hand, is simply a large tub. So the base material is put into oak to age for a year. And the really interesting thing for me about this is oak is not used as a means of adding flavor to the spirit in the way that it is for whiskey. No, Jägermeister uses oak because it breathes. Though very dense, it does allow oxygen to pass through, and this exchange is what enables maturation. But to avoid the oak barrel from tainting or adding flavor to the base material, each new barrel is deflavorized with an alcohol water mixture, removing the wood's tannins and resins that provide some of the many flavor notes to whiskeys and other spirits. I don't think their coopers are very busy though because Jägermeister reuses their barrels extensively claiming their oldest barrels are close to 100 years old at this point. After a year of aging, the base material is refined and purified, i.e. filtered. It's then dosed with neutral spirit, caramel, a liquid sugar solution, and softened water. Their factory can process up to 30,000 liters per hour, so it's claimed on the Jägermeister website. I tried to do some rough math to determine how much base material is used per liter of bottled Jägermeister, but because of the addition of an unknown quantity of alcohol in the dosing process, it's impossible to determine. I suspect they can probably process a full barrel of 10,000 liters of base material in a day. If they've got 445 barrels aging, they've got more than one a day they could go through in 365 days. So I would bet they probably could do more than one barrel of base material a day. Point is, they make a lot of Jägermeister every day. And after dosing, the liquid is filtered again, tested, and then off to bottling. All of the base material is produced in Wolfenbüttel, but Jägermeister has two semi-trucks they use to transport base material to finishing plants in other parts of Germany. It said the trucks move up to 80,000 liters of base material a week. That would be eight full barrels. So there again, my theory is they're probably going through more than one full aging barrel a day. Maybe one and a third if they're working a five-day week in Germany, because they're not working Saturday and Sunday. Anyway, the math is they make a lot of Jägermeister. But once bottled in several common sizes, from the 750 down to a 50 milliliter, even a larger uh, 1.75 liter, it's shipped around the world for enjoyment by the masses. So then how do you enjoy Jägermeister? That's the segue to cocktails and consumption. Sidney Frank said it was terrible warm. 
I rather enjoy it. <laughs> but ice cold is the way it is suggested now, having built a veritable refrigeration empire to deliver it cold to waiting patrons. And as a shot is the most common way to drink Jägermeister in the U.S., if not the rest of the world, that's probably how most uh, Jägermeister is consumed. And since that article in the Baton Rouge newspaper back in the early 1980s equating Jägermeister to Valium, I'd guess most Jägermeister is imbibed for the effect rather than the flavor. The one cocktail I'll note, which is a classic cocktail for Jägermeister, if you can call it that, would be the Jäger Bomb. This is where you take a, about a half ounce pour of Jägermeister in a shot glass and you drop it into a small glass of Red Bull energy drink then fizzes up and mixes together and you drink the whole thing down. I'm sure this tastes pretty terrible. Red Bull is not delightful in my opinion. It tastes very medicinal, but it's part of the party mystique of Jägermeister. For the first several decades of Jägermeister's existence, I'm sure it was consumed as a digestif as it was intended. So in summary, what I think of Jägermeister, it's not bad. I'll, I'll drink it. I will try it cold. I have a feeling it's just going to be syrupy and, and rather flat. A lot of the nuance of the flavor will probably go away when it's that cold, but it's not bad. I'll drink it. It's not my favorite. I, I probably would prefer Zwack. Actually, I'm out of Zwack. The, the clerk at the liquor store probably should have got me to buy a bottle because I would prefer Zwack. And it is cheaper than Jägermeister. It's got a better flavor. Jägermeister is quite sweet too. It surprises me how sweet and syrupy it is on the palate. Jägermeister, I see the appeal. It is amazing that Sidney Frank was so innovative or, I don't know, foolhardy or just <laughs> full of himself or confident and decided hey let's let's grasp on this idea that the spirit has drugs in it it's, uh, equates to valium and let's run with that that could have been viewed as kind of like slanderous oh my gosh you're you're saying my drink is adulterated somehow or it's you know gonna make imbibers modified in some way but no he like said hey you know any publicity is good publicity jumped on that did millions of reprints of the article, and then built this whole sex sells motif around the spirit for a party attitude college kids that kind of latched onto I don't know, the, the oddity, the mystique of a, a weird German hunting liqueur. There's a big rumor, actually, Jägermeister mentions it on their website. I didn't include it in the history, but there's a rumor that Jägermeister is made with stag's blood that there is deer blood in it. They debunk that. It is, there is no blood in the liquor. So, But I guess with a, a deer on the label, and if you're in college and you're drinking a lot of this, sure, <laughs> why not? But anyway, uh, the other real appealing thing for me about Jägermeister, I'm a marketer by trade, I've said that before, the branding is spot on. It's so consistent. The use of the orange. Orange is really a, a standout color. And then just all of the branded materials. The big one being the point of sale. I think Jägermeister was probably one of the first spirits brands to get a real permanent piece of point of sale equipment. The shot chiller, the tap machine. You can buy them at tapmachine.com. They sell them all. That was a coup to get that much back bar space that's permanently branded for you. 
Overall, Jägermeister is really popular, and I'm glad that I took the time to dive into the brand, learn the history, and actually buy a bottle and try it. It's not bad. It's a little sweet for my taste, though I like sweet things. It's a bit licorice with the sweetness, but not bad. I'm sure the bottle will get drunk. So that's going to do it for this episode of Liquor in the Coor Connoisseur. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. Please subscribe and share. Tell your friends. Show notes are on liquorinthecoorconnoisseur.com. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon. You can ask Alexa to play the podcast. Get the show wherever you get your podcasts. The show is also on social media. Facebook and Instagram are where I'm most active. I love hearing from my listeners, so if you have a suggestion for a liquor or liqueur you would like me to feature, please do reach out. And as always, thank you for listening.